For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. To Wexford we go on the front and inside pages of many of the newspapers this morning, particularly the Red Top, with the son saying that his mam hasn't stopped crying and my dad is in bet bits. Of course, it's the family trauma of the nine-year-old brother who was mauled by a put pit bull and he's playing ball with his pals in their housing estate. And the family, the young boy, have been talking over the past 24 hours, brutally mauled. You may have seen the footage on TV news or indeed the photographs online or in the newspapers. Horrific. He's never going to be the same again. Again, And it's said that no matter how much they try and uh, fix his, uh, his injuries, he'll carry the scars. It's absolutely tragic. Alejandro Mizan, a nine-year-old who still remains and will be for quite some time in Crumlin Children's Hospital. He'll be there for at least a month and uh, hasn't seen his own face yet. How do I know that his brother is saying it? And he says when he does, because he was a lad that really looked after his appearance. He was a dapper dresser. He always looked really well. He was also into, uh, you know, making sure that his hair was always right. He said that his brother would go for a haircut uh, every week or so. He was that into his looks and his image and his injuries are so extensive uh, that his bottom lip and each of his cheeks were torn off. Extensive damage around his eyes as well as leg injuries and around his torso and places like that. It's absolutely awful. The entire family are heartbroken. There's um, a GoFundMe that's uh, just sooner or later, some say it's going to reach €100,000. But uh, with, in relation to that story, The Independent picks up on it today saying that a man in his 20s has been arrested in relation to the investigation into the pit bull attack on the nine-year-old in Wexford on Sunday. He was arrested around about quarter past ten um, yesterday morning, described as a large guard swoop on a house in Enniscorthy, and he's a man in his early 20s that's been detained at the guard station there. Now, the investigations include whether or not this uh, individual owns the dog that attacked the boy. Uh, what also is unclear is um, there was another incident, another similar attack days before Sunday's incident, and it's unclear if it was the same dog. But we do know of another dangerous dog attack in Dublin, um, the back end of last week, because I was talking about it on the air, where they had to get a lion tamer in um, to uh, take control of the dangerous dog, uh, very dangerous dog. And that dog also had to be had to be put down. But poor Lord Alejandro, as I say, nine years old, playing football with his friends on the estate um, on Sunday afternoon when he was set upon by the pit bull. Neighbours came to his aid and to his rescue. One of them apparently with a baseball bat uh, and beat the dog off him, but not before devastating injuries were done to his his body. And that story dominates much of the papers today. In fact, some are saying, what are we going to do? The list isn't good enough. Surely we need to do more to stop these attacks sooner or later. Someone's going to die and we have had deaths overseas. Um, also, um, it's extraordinary, the idiocy of people or, you know, um, like the things that they get up to. Do you see that short video clip that I was sent it yesterday? But it makes the papers today, or at least stills of it make the papers today, um, of a cyclist having to be taken to hospital um, with injuries uh, after he was hit by this character in a car. So your man in the car is actually filming himself uh, and chatting away as he's driving along. And you see the motorist driving a Volkswagen while also appearing to be recording with his phone in his right hand. And he says, know how heartless I am? See him on the bike? Look, look. And he veers into the cyclist and knocks him off the bike. And he drive off, drives off laughing and saying, lol, lol. Of course, that's an abbreviation for laughing out loud. Now, no arrests have been made yet, but the guardie are keen 
that if anybody saw it, or is around about they give the time and everything in the place. It was in Dundalk on Sunday afternoon, around about three o'clock. Um, the car uh, didn't stay, obviously. He just drove off, thinking it was the greatest laugh in the whole wide earthly world. I mean, the guy needs help, like, amongst other things to think that that's funny uh, but it ain't um, this morning also I see uh, quite an amount of issues regarding uh, our finances and the running of the, uh, the the country going forward particularly with regards to health uh, I mentioned that actually because there's a Fianna Fáil TD uh, in Clare who says uh, he's really broken ranks I don't know what Michal Martin would have to say with a, a government TD breaking ranks on the number of Ukrainians that have come into the country he says right now we can't meet their needs there's approximately 60,000 Ukrainians have come to Ireland uh, and we know that figure to be true and it continues to rise every week. So Cahill Crow, who's the Fianna Fáil TD in Clare, uh, says that um, it has exceeded, the country has exceeded capacity. He says we've done everything we can to help them. The arms have been wide open to welcome them. But I think you get to a point uh, where the capacity to help has been reached. In fact, it can be exceeded. And I believe we're at that stage, certainly in County Clare. Um, and uh, he is though one of those who thinks there should now be a cap put on the number of war refugees that are coming into Ireland. There's a breakdown on those figures actually released yesterday as to how many came, when they came, what age groups they are, and how many are men and women. And I'll come back to that a little later on this morning. But there is a tragic story making the mail this morning of three stowaways who were found on an oil tanker's rudder. Now, the rudder is at the back of the big ship. And, of course, um, it controls how to steer any kind of a ship or any kind of any kind of a craft on the water, to be honest. But this was an enormous oil tanker that was empty, no cargo on it. So it was sitting higher in the water without cargo, meaning that the rudder... Um, was under the water, but the casing for it was above the water. And the three of them sat on that, grimly clinging onto it for 3,200 kilometres in a desperate bid uh, to, you know, get away from where they were living, which happened to have been Nigeria, and get to the Canary Islands. And they sat on the rudder all across the Atlantic for 11 days, and they travelled 3,200 kilometres. And when they got to Canaries, they were seen sitting up on the casing of the rudder. I mean, you heard of people hiding in the wheels, uh, you know, or at least the uh, the wheel casing of airplanes and all sorts of stuff like that. So they were clearly in need of help when they got to the Canaries because they were suffering from dehydration and hypothermia, having sat under the ship's hull with their feet hanging inches from the sea for 11 days. I couldn't help thinking, what did they do for food? I mean, I know it's mentioned hypothermia and dehydration. Uh, so, I mean, how much water and how much food did they manage to take with them on the back of a rudder of an oil tanker? Um, and then, of course, I did mention issues involving the state of the nation. We, know, we now know that rules and regulations when it comes to banking has been very much relaxed where, you know, bankers and staff now can earn top-ups to their wages and bonuses and the salary cap has been lifted. At the very same time, of course, uh, that we hear that we have um, um, yet more money needed for the children's hospital. Um, I know, it's hard to believe that something that would originate, well, maybe it's not as hard, maybe not that hard because everything goes up in Ireland and certainly... Uh, the budgets um, never, ever come in, even when people are, are tendering for work on behalf of the state. So the children's hospital uh, started out at, I don't know, was it three quarters of a billion? Then it went to like 980 uh, million and then it went to 1.4 billion. 
and now it's just shy of 1.7 billion and they think that it will continue to rise and it mightn't be out of the ordinary to think that it might even go as far as 2 billion and of course nothing done just yet so the costs continue to surge so that's like about maybe 1.7 billion that'll be found for a children's hospital while the Department of Health says it needs a 1.4 billion bailout itself. So Stephen Donnelly is going with the begging bowl apparently looking for 1.4. COVID, the cost of COVID was underestimated the amount of money that was spent on it and they need more dosh. I don't know where they'll take it from. I mean they they could take it from say for instance um, you know uh, roads infrastructure and the planned rollout of of trains and electric trains and stuff like that because I was telling you yesterday that Eamon Ryan says they've ordered dozens of battery electric train carriages and they'll all be delivered in 2026. There'll be 90 of them, new battery electric train carriages. And he's saying that that's good news for Cork because the cabinet has approved the purchase of the 90 battery electric carriages. So it's interesting how they divvy up money to various departments that they then get to spend. But these are earmarked for the new metropolitan rail network that's being planned for Cork. Now, some, not, not all of them, not by a long shot. Some of them will go to Dublin and some will go to Wicklow and Kildare and onto the dart lines and what have you. But at the same time, uh, I also have a map of the proposed extension. It's not really an extension. It probably is more... Maybe it's a small bit of an extension from, say, Blarney all the way down to, to Middleton and what have you. It's probably there'll be more trains running more often. They could be running, I don't know, maybe every five or ten minutes. Uh, but the papers also this morning talk uh, of people and how you spend money, or indeed how it was being phased out there recently by the banks who wanted to get rid of ATM machines. The front of the Independent this morning says that shops and cafes, and certainly banks, could be forced by law to accept cash payments. Forced by law, where you won't be able to have a sign-up saying no cash, debit or credit cards only. So the banks also will have to offer customers reasonable access to cash. Because if it doesn't happen and we don't do something about it, the only place that will be left dealing with cash anymore will be uh, post offices. So that's just an interesting story making the independent today. And of course, uh, the state of the nation when it comes to opening times of Garda stations is never far from the news with the uh, front of the echoes today talking about Ballancolic. And I think you could say that about a lot of our suburban and certainly uh, regional Garda stations and their opening hours. But the front of the echo today says that uh, something's got to be done in Ballancolic because it's getting very big, very busy. An awful lot of people are living there. They've got everything right out there apart from their Garda station opening hours. They're only open out there for a few hours every day and they're closed on the two busiest days of the week, Friday and Saturday. So that's not good enough going forward. This is not a criticism of the rank and file. In fact, there's some research out this morning from Garda Press that is saying that 90% of people trust on Garda Shikona and 91% responded trust in the Garda Shikona and they break it down into different stats then as to how the Garda are serving the local community. Perhaps more on that a little later on. But there are other news then this morning. Uber arrives in Cork, or does it? From 10 o'clock this morning, you can use the Uber app in Cork. Uh, but it's not Uber as we know it. It's, it's kind of like Uber Light. Um, because while you can use the Uber app, you can only use the Uber app to hail an existing taxi. I say that because many other countries you can go to where you use Uber, it's people driving their own cars. So private drivers are on the platform, as the Echo puts it this morning. But in Ireland, it's only those with a full taxi licence. So from 10 this morning, you can use Uber, but it's only drivers of taxis who have signed up to the Uber app. Now, the worry, I suppose, would be 
that this is just their way of getting their foot in the door. And when you have the door half open, you just keep on pushing to get more and more. More on that throughout the course of the morning. But taxi drivers, I don't know if it's the story here, but certainly in Dublin, they're getting an awful lot of grief because uh, they are adding on a euro, particularly at night when people have been out socialising. They're adding on a euro to the fare if somebody pays them with a credit or a debit card. I don't know whether that's happening down in Cork. I'd like to know. Um, and then never too far from the courts with uh, quite an amount of stories with regards to people, um, I was going to say misbehaving, but that would be an understatement when you're putting elderly people in fear in their homes when they're being burgled in the middle of the night and they're being woken up because of the sound of crashing downstairs. But an elderly homeowner was woken, firstly by what sounded like somebody moving a bin, then it got louder, then she hears the smashing glass downstairs and it went on for about 15 minutes as she lay terrified in the bed. Now, David Cronin uh, had brought a screwdriver and a hacksaw to the scene of the crime at the Model Farm Road in December of last year. And it makes the papers today. He had also um, uh, made efforts to break into the Osho pub on Barrick Street. And there was another interesting one before the courts involving him, uh, where the most recent one was in February, where a motorist returned to his car, which was parked on Cap Copley Street. And he sees Cronin beside the car after smashing the back window, leaning in to take the wallet on the seat. Um, the owner demanded it back, and Cronin, in fairness to him, gave the wallet back, but he then produced a knife. So anyway, the motorist takes him on and manages to get the knife off him, held onto him on the ground until the guardy arrived. So there are interesting court cases making the papers today involving one individual. Now, some of you listening will say, who in their right mind would leave the, their wallet sitting on the car seat? It happens. We forget it. God knows. I've never done it with the wallet, but I've done it with the mobile phone from time to time. Doesn't make it right, I know. And see that interesting one that makes the examiner's front page today? They're trialling four-day working weeks, and it's working. Apparently, it's a big success. And they did a trial uh, of lots of different companies. When you look at 12 in particular, they said that it's worked out very well, the four-day working week over the past six months. Now, by and large, the four-day week involves working a 32-hour schedule, and the day off is usually Friday. But some might go for maybe Monday. So you might work Monday to Thursday or you might work Tuesday to Friday. Um, I don't know because it didn't drill into it much whether you're paid less for that. I'm, I'm assuming you are paid less for that. Um, but uh, And just finally then, a lot of food-related stories, and I didn't get to mention this yesterday, uh, but Irish takeaway fans are embracing more and more takeaway food from all over the world. You'd say that KC's embraced food from all over the world a long time ago by adapting their takeout chipper menu. But by all accounts, now we have food from the four corners of the world. You can go in there and eat, or you can get them taken out, or you can get to Deliveroo to bring them to you. But a particular nod um, to the company that takes top spot uh, in the latest food awards, and it's Burrito Bowl from Boojum who are absolutely flying it. So do take a bow. Well done. Keep doing what you're doing. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. And talking about companies that you do work for and legit companies, I was talking this morning about the four-day working week that's been trialed uh, and apparently it's been a resounding success. I mentioned that from a story in the Echo in the Examiner this morning. Philip got in touch by text. He says, the company I work for here in Cork are one of the companies who signed up for the 32-hour week. It's STP packaging and down-to-earth, and it's great. Some of us here work four days and some do five short days, depending on the needs of each department and each employee. 
And to answer your question, no, there is no loss to wages. It's great and it's a credit to the owner who's in a local businessman who built this business from the ground up and really does understand what life-work balance means. It would be nice, Neil, to give the company a shout-out for their endeavours and their continual move from plastics, packaging and foodstuffs to compostable products. Thanks, Neil. We know you like to big up car companies, says Philip. And I do. And thank you for that, because you answer a lot of questions. Uh, some people, I think, take the Fridays off. Some take the Mondays off. Some do five shorter days. Other works four days instead. Um, and wages don't seem to be affected in any way, shape or form, which is great. So I think you can understand why employees would be very happy with it. A four-day, 32-hour uh, week. Um, imagine that within those 32 hours, you do a lot more work and it just seems to be working. So a nice one, Philip, and well done to STP Packaging and Down to Earth. They are one of the companies. Uh, a lot of other texts and emails from yesterday's program and indeed the day before. Um, that some of them were quite upsetting. We spoke, obviously, of the lady down at Maham Point with, as she said, a facial disfigurement that was laughed at and mocked and followed and stared at by these four young ones. Um, and it had, you know, it was, it was a devastating thing to happen to her because uh, she was so upset about it. But many people were angry on her behalf. Uh, you might recall that over the last couple of days. I'm just contacting you about that conversation you had about that woman and her daughter who were abused because of her facial disfigurement. And then the woman who came on after to talk about image and that people are insecure in themselves and have low self-esteem. Well, she's dead right because I am one of those people who has very low self-esteem. I'm a man. I go for facials quite regularly and I've stopped short of Botox, but I have thought about it because I'm obsessed with my face and it all comes down to low self-esteem because I don't see myself as good looking. I'm in my late 30s and I don't think I'm a good looking guy. Uh, So I just like to take care of my skin and make myself better looking, mostly to the opposite sex. But it also helps me with my confidence. I obviously don't tell my mates about this, as I would probably get mocked. But it's just one of those things that I like to do. It's like going to the gym. I go to the gym to make my body look good. And I just do this extra thing to help my face look good as well. As for that woman in um, uh, Maham Point, that really touched a nerve with me. To be honest, I couldn't sit by and witness something like that happen. I would definitely have stood up for that woman if I observed it. I'm not a violent person. or wouldn't be the one to shout and scream. But I would definitely have stood up for her in that moment. I don't judge anybody else that looks just like myself. It's the world we live in these days and the pressure that's put upon us. And that's from Tig by email to neil at redfm. Ie. So do keep, do keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. We did a lot then also yesterday on grandparent alienation. Those that can't see their grandchildren. A surprising response to that for many people in a similar situation to our callers yesterday. So we have lots on that uh, after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Yes, indeed. Just very, very quickly now, I want to make a fast call. You may remember last week we were telling you the story of uh, Hunter. He's been swimming in the sea to raise funds for his school. 
little seven-year-old. He's been braving the cold water every single day for the month of November. Uh, and they're looking for kit for the school. So he decided he would fundraise for everything that they needed. He originally had a target of like 600 euro, but he's raised nearly three and a half thousand euro so far. So today apparently is the last day and this morning is the last swim, uh, the last day of uh, November. And he's done it every single day, regardless of the weather. He hasn't missed a single one. But this morning, all of his class and his teacher will brave the water with him at Koskini. And I think they're standing by right now. At least Hunter's mother is Cloda. And she told us all about the backstory about a week or so ago. Oh, uh, listen to this. Cloda, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, describe the scene for me. What's going on there? Uh, well, it's wet and blustery anyway. There's plenty of seaweed. Um, and there's about, um, I'd say, 50, 60 people, including Hunter's class, out to cure a man this morning. Oh, and are many of them going to go into the water with them? There is. Uh, his two older brothers are going into the water, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us getting in then as well. And Moontor Declan is one of them. Gwaelskull e Hagertig, isn't it? Gwaelskull e Hagertig in Cove. Isn't it amazing how much he's raised? It's unbelievable. I think we're almost at the 4,000 mark and we set out for 600. Isn't so, like, we're just blown away. Isn't blown it? away. And he's done it every single day without every fail. Every single day, without fail. First thing he thinks of when he gets up in the morning, what time is swimming today? Will he miss it tomorrow, though, and all across December? Um, I think he will miss it, but I think if, if he wants to keep going, we'll probably just keep going. <laughs> uh, unless it's too early in the morning, get him to do afternoon <laughs> swims for you or something. Oh, yeah, we'll try and keep it to the high tide, maybe. We might do every day, but we'll He's do the high tide. He's an incredible lad for a seven-year-old to have that resilience and determination, isn't he? yeah, yeah. And some of those days have been pretty bitter, like, like getting into nice bath. Without a doubt, he must be a yeah. legend in school, is he? An absolute legend. They're all here with their signs and everything. I get him to give them a cheer there. All right, are you ready to go? They're all here with their flags and their bunting and banners and everything. So, what, just, just, what class is Hunter in? Hunter's in second class. And are all the second class with him now? All from second class are with him now. Yeah. Okay, so is he ready to go? He's ready to go. All right, we'll count him in then. Will we count him in? We count him in. Three, Three two, two, one, go! And they're off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you follow him in then, will I? I'm definitely not getting in. Claude has gone in. I'm out there handing the phone, but Claude has gone in with a big gang. I don't know, can you hear the school here behind us? I can, it sounds fantastic. Unbelievable. What a great morning to round it off after every single day. If people still want to give a few bob to the GoFundMe, I'll share the link again, all right? We really appreciate that, Neil. Thanks so much. Not Thanks at all. a million. Get up on Twitter and Facebook right now. Happy Christmas to you all, to you and to Hunter and everybody. Merry Christmas, Neil. Thanks so much <laughs> for all your support. Well done. Fantastic. Congratulations. But a special congratulations, of course, to Hunter himself. Hunter Halpin, he did the business and he did every single day for the school. They'll buy new sports equipment and new sports kit and everything like that. I know, it's a shame they have to do it, but he got it into his head and he delivered, in fairness to the lad. Um, anyway, check us out online and you can uh, uh, have a look at where you could give a couple of bob if you want to support Hunter Hunter as he rounds off the month. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 106. Ready.
Red FM. Just a final word on Hunter because I remember when I was talking to his mum last time he was saying that Hunter qualified last year for the Cork City Sports Athletics but he was really disappointed that the singlets that they had were in very bad shape compared to all of the other schools who were participating and running as well. Uh, and they just didn't have the funds to improve the kit and the gear. So Hunter took it upon himself to solve that. And this morning, he'll do his final swim and raise nearly five grand that would be spent, of course, uh, on improving the facility. Well, not so much the facilities, but the kit for those that are involved in sport in his primary school. I think it's a fantastic story. It really is, in fairness to him. Well done. Lines open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And some texts from yesterday. Don't give out my details, but my children's grandparents show zero interest in my children. So we're looking at it through the eyes of the parents of the children as opposed to the grandparents, like we were yesterday. My children's grandparents show zero interest in my children and they have their own favourite grandchildren. They never make an effort to even ring to see how they are. I always look at other grandparents who are so hands-on and it totally breaks my heart. Uh, My children uh, notice and always say so uh, and ask me why. I would only love grandparents that have an interest. Some people don't know how lucky they are to have it with caring grandparents. So let me just say, it's not always the parents Sometimes, as you said, it could be the grandparents. And then in conversation with Joanne, who is in a very, very sad place at the moment from yesterday's program. Um, I'm listening, just listening to your show and Joanne's conversation with you is breaking my heart. I lost a parent to suicide a long time ago and my remaining parent kept me from my other family and grandparents. It's had a huge impact on my life and not in a good way. I now have children of my own and have very recently started to reconnect with my estranged family. It's heartbreaking for me and for them. Not only did I lose my parent all those years ago, I also lost the entire side of my family. My grandparents both died without us reconnecting and that breaks my heart. I know parents think they're doing the right thing by keeping families apart. And sometimes that can be the case, believe it or not, but can also be detrimental to all involved And ultimately, there are never any winners. I always tell my kids now uh, that just because I'm an adult, it doesn't always make me right. So thank you for that correspondence. Uh, We're chatting with Joanne, who uh, is really very much all alone now in the world. And it's breaking her heart because she was telling us yesterday uh, that she actually attempted to end it all. Uh, I won't go into the details of that, uh, but um, she's heartbroken that she has no contact at all with her grandchildren. And she just doesn't feel as if it's worth it continuing. Just for that woman who was and she also suffers with crippling uh, OCD. And on that point, just for the woman who was on the air, I had OCD for years and getting anti-anxiety medication has helped me greatly. I know it's not a solution that works for everyone, but it would definitely be worth asking her GP about it if she can. I found that it greatly improved my quality of life. So thank you for that. And just one other one, um, again, on a related topic from the last few days. I read your, well, we were talking about it on air and I shared it online as well. Uh, So this text just says, I read the story about the mother and daughter in Mahan. Uh, I'm a mother of two and I have a physical disability. Every single day I have teenagers staring and laughing at me when I go to the local shop or if I'm out. 90% of the time it doesn't bother me and I would never confront them, but does it hurt? Of course it does. This behaviour is due to ignorance and, we have to say, loudly, bad rearing. Will it ever stop me from going out? Never. My advice to that lady is to walk tall and ignore the ignorant. They're not worth it. My children do get upset when they see it, but you can't control ignorance. The best advice I have heard is this. It is none of my business what other think people think of me. 
and I live by that. Good luck to that lady. She's not alone. Don't give up my details. I'd love to come on air, but I can't. Well, that's fine. I'm happy enough if you uh, would like to contact by text, as you have done, to tell your own story. And this, of course, is related to the mother and her daughter, who really were put through an awful time down in the food court in Maham Point by these four young ones. Uh, what happened to that lovely lady and her daughter is awful. My heart goes out to her. Um, and one then... Mary was on the air saying that she would have confronted them incidentally but somebody says that's not the way to deal with it by confronting them and your child would be frightened if it started a fight or arguments I believe she did the right thing getting away from the girls full stop they're a small minority look at all the love that people have shown to her on air this morning as a response to what happened and just one or two more this is a fact you split up these idiots and they're cowards on their own it's always the case. They just get power from their herd mentality. You should be playing the song Ugly Heart for the four of those girls who are horrible to that lady in Maham Point. They might listen to the words, says Maureen in Temple Martin. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, I was going to say you'd say something if they were 14 or 15 years old, but that wouldn't even make a right. But she tells me that they were uh, late teens to early 20s. But talking of teens and young people, and this is dominating the news over the past few days, and unfortunately, it's another dog attack. Last week, I was telling you about a dog attack up the country where a lion tamer had to intervene uh, to get the dangerous dog sorted and put down. And of course, over the past few days, we've been hearing the tragic story of Alejandro, age nine, who lies in a serious, serious condition in a Dublin hospital after the um, pit bull attack on him as he played with his mates out in the park in County Wexford. I've been following the story, particularly on the uh, Independent. Amy Malloy has been writing it for the uh, Irish Independent. She's the public affairs correspondent with the Indo, and she's Wexford-based, so she's right in the locale of where it happened, and she joins me by phone. Amy, good morning. Good morning. First of all, can we just go back to that Sunday afternoon and tell us what happened? Yeah, to be honest, like I was, I'm from Mexico myself, and I was um, sitting at home, and we could hear a helicopter setting above. I was on Facebook, and I saw some pictures of the the rescue one one seven helicopter after landing at a local GA pitching in a sporty town in County Wexford. I put in some queries about it, and it turned out that a, a young boy had been viciously attacked by a dog. Um, so obviously, the next morning I went to the area. I spoke to some locals. They were kind of describing the shock and how some of the young children who, who were playing Alejandro at the time when this happened, which was around four o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, he was just out on the green of the old Ford Road station in the score sheet playing football when this dog, which appeared to be loose, just came came over and attacked him. Um, the whole thing lasted about two or three minutes. There were some kind of other older adults in the area who tried to intervene. There was one man who went into his house and got a baseball bat and he came out and tried to fend the dog off him. And yeah, there was just quite a lot of shocks that in the area, I suppose. And obviously, due to the extent of his injuries, the ambulance was called, Gardaí were called. But because of the significant facial injuries that he incurred, they had to deploy the Rescue 117 helicopter to transport him to Crumlin Children's Hospital, where he has underwent a number of procedures on his face and is expected to be kind of like have to stay there for about a month at least. Yeah, I, I believe actually f- f- the, it's not just his face though, it's his neck, his shoulders, his torso as well. Yeah, his legs got some, some bad injuries on his arms as well and his tummy area um, but I think his face is the area w- which got the brunt of it. Um, he lost his lower lip, there's significant scarring, some chunks were shaken out of his jaw. Obviously some, some of the papers ran with the pictures yesterday um, we took an editorial decision just not to run with them just because of how graphic they, they were. Are, yeah, they were and really I know a lot of people found them quite 
Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people find them quite upsetting, um, but they do really highlight the extent of the injuries. And like, like his family has said, his face, unfortunately, is never going to be the same again. And we had a picture of him on the front of our paper yesterday, which showed what he looked like before the accident. A lovely looking young boy, big brown eyes, lovely smile. And I suppose for his family, it's just heartbreaking that he's never going to look the same way again. Mm. Now, um, the unmuzzled pit bull, I'm told, I don't know if this is accurate, had actually been roaming the estate for some time before the attack. Is that right? Well, apparently the dog had only been in the estate for a couple of weeks. Now, I, when I went to the estate, I spoke to a number of parents in the area who said that this dog had actually went at another child four days beforehand. Yeah. I spoke to the parents of that child. Um, they showed me their child and he had um, some marks on his face and his neck. But because he was wearing this kind of coat with a puffy hood on it, um, he, he kind of didn't get any serious injuries. Thankfully, I put in a query to the guards and they said that, you know, they made inquiries and the child received non-life-threatening injuries. But obviously in Alejandro's case now, that wasn't, that, he wasn't as lucky, unfortunately. But, um, I same dog though, was it? According to the neighbours in the area and the parents, it, it was the same dog. Okay. Um, okay. I think they're still put investigating that really and putting queries in on it. But I spoke to the council yesterday as well, worked with the county council who, who obviously put down, were involved in the, the dogs being seized. And um, they said that when they visited the house of where the, the alleged owners are, are meant to live, that they, they seized two other dogs which are in the care of the council at the moment okay. as well. So the dog that um, attacked Alejandro has been put down guard investigation began and you're saying in the independent this morning that a man in his 20s has been arrested what can you say about that yeah so this happened yesterday a man was arrested yesterday morning as part of the investigation and the guard said um it was also related to kind of subsequent events which were related to the incident so as i understand from speaking to the guards this morning that man is still being questioned in his the guard station um, he can be detained for at least 24 hours and, and there's been no update in that regard yet, but I'm sure later on today we'll, we'll know more on that part. Of You're that also saying in The Independent, and I read this online last night, Amy, that politicians are now coming out saying that the dangerous dogs list is just not good enough anymore. Talk to that. Yes, obviously we have laws in Ireland around certain breeds of dogs, so there are 11 restricted breeds of dogs, which when they're in public, there have to be certain rules in place, such as always having a muzzle on, always being on a short lead and being walked by someone who's at least 16 years of age. Uh, I suppose some politicians have been calling out that these laws just aren't being enforced. Like you can go to any park in Ireland or, or kind of any a popular walkway and you'll often see dogs not on leads or dogs not with muzzles so some of the dogs that are on the restricted list include pit bulls which is the dog involved in this case rottweilers dobermans alsatians staffordshire bull terriers and a few other breeds and anything that's actually a cross between these breeds as well they have to abide by those rules but i think you know this incident unfortunately that happened it's not isolated there have been a number of other incidents even this year involving pit bulls like dogs a lady in Tipperary was out walking a couple of her pets and she was set upon by a group of pit bull terriers and she suffered life-changing injuries. In Dublin in June, another young boy who was in his own home was attacked by a pit bull and he had to be transported to hospital with serious injuries as well. We had a report in the Irish Independent about how there has actually been a rise in dog attacks in the last five years. In, like Between 2016 and 2021, there's been 1,700 attacks on humans and altogether there's been more than 4,000 attacks on humans, livestock and other dogs. So, I so 1,700 are, attacks on humans in Ireland. In what period of time do you know? Uh, between 2016 and 2021. And do you know if they're um, all dangerous dog list dogs? 
I put in queries to some of the local authorities on that and not all of them had that specific data, but some of the councils came back and a lot of the, the attacks did involve dogs that were on the restricted list, but also you had kind of like Labradors and Collies. So, you know, t- attacks with other dogs do happen. Yeah. But like in the main, they are dogs that are on the restricted breed list. And I suppose during COVID, we saw like Dogs Trust came out and said, we've seen a big increase in dog ownership. And now it's kind of the office where pounds are suffering and they, they haven't got any room because people are returning these dogs and they're going back to work. But I think with Pitbulls in particular, for some reason, they've become sort of a status symbol in, in certain estates across the country. And you're seeing young boys walking around with these dogs and, you know, people that shouldn't be walking these type of dogs, but they're, they're very strong. And like, as the rules say, when they're in public, someone needs to be at least 16 years of age and, and have them on a short leave. But I think, unfortunately, these laws aren't really being So enforced. they would be under 16, they wouldn't be on a strong short leave and they wouldn't be muzzled. Yeah, like I, I had a story there a few months ago about a young boy. He was playing in a station North Dublin and he was attacked by a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Now, the dog was being walked by a young chap who was only around 13 years of age, got off the lead, they couldn't get him back on, and that's when the attack happened. So, I suppose with these types of dogs, like, whatever about adults walking them in public, it, children under the age of 16 definitely shouldn't be, because if something happens, or if they bolt, you know, they're not going to be strong enough to try get them back on the lead. And when you look at, as you have done in some of your articles, the actual law is strong enough there. There's a fine of two and a half grand, grand or imprisonment for up to three months to, to an owner of a marauding dog. Does that ever, is that ever imposed though, prison? I don't, like, not that I'm aware of. I know people have received the fine of 2,500 and there have been cases before the courts about dog owners who were brought up um, and accused of kind of being irresponsible in their handling of the dogs. But in terms of imprisonment, I'm not too sure about that. I'd have to do a bit more research. Yeah, I'm well, just wondering, because you talk of 1,600, so there's 1,700 in the space of six years. I'm just wondering, did it result in, in imprisonment? Because sooner or later, somebody's going to be killed, right? It's lucky that Alejandro didn't lose his life. That's it. And I think some of the politicians in the Shannon and the Dáil yesterday were saying this, and they don't think that the current um, sanctions go far enough. Like, you know, three months in prison, a 2,500 euro fine, is that enough when someone has life-changing injuries and they're never going to look the same again? I don't know. Um, obviously, a lot of dog owners, they, they don't intend for this to happen. Nobody wants something like this to happen, but... I suppose it just shows the importance of when you do get a dog that you do have to take responsibility for them and you do have to kind of do your research on what certain types of dogs, what their temperaments are like, how to deal with them, how to train with them and how to kind of handle them when they're in public. Okay, just so we know, just so that we know, because his brother Raul has been talking on behalf of his parents whose English isn't great apparently, but they're all absolutely heartbreaking and he says that he's no lower lip left can't eat or breathe by himself as a tube inserted into his neck. You described an awful lot of the injuries to his face. Um, do they expect, or do you know, like medically, I imagine there will be a number of surgeries, but will he recover or would you think, or there will be, will there be always scarring? Do we know? Well, I think if you've seen the pictures, Neil, I think it's always, unfortunately, there is going to be lifelong scarring there. Um, I know Alejandro was on, or, or um, Raul was on television last night discussing it, and he said his brother can't even speak at the moment, he can't eat, um, he's just sleeping a lot, and I think today will be the, the fourth day in a row where he's just kind of been asleep since the accident happened. Um, but in terms of the lifelong, I suppose we're not going to know about that until a couple of more weeks after he's had other surgeries carried yeah, out. But yeah. according to Raul, he thinks it's something that his brother is going to have to 
continue to get treatment for and many other surgeries to try to get his face back to somewhat of what it was before. And he's very, very worried and upset about how, how his brother Alejandro will feel when he looks at himself in the mirror. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, like when I called to the home on Monday, like the first thing he said, he was like, I'm worried about when my brother goes back to school or when he's out playing that people won't want to play with him because of how he looks and that, that he's not going to have any friends and it's just heartbreaking to hear that and I, like there's a lot of kids in the estate where the incident happened like from, from what I understand he was a very popular boy and had a lot of friends so I'm sure that's not going to be the case but naturally when you're someone's older brother you do worry about stuff like that happening yeah, and he's a fantastic like, older brother in fairness to him yeah, yeah and like the, the family they've been living in Ireland for 10 years and they're, they're originally from Romania and they've really settled into the, the Inescoti community and I think like the fact that the GoFundMe has raised so much money and isn't it I, I amazing? They said a goal of two grand and it's already past a hundred thousand. Now he will need extensive, and they will have financial implications to this for with regards to surgery abroad. They figure, yeah. Yeah, that's it. But obviously, that the, the significant money raised will be a big, massive help towards that. And like even some of the neighbours, I know they bought little pajamas for him to have in the hospital and, and other like some food for when he can eat. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks' time. And like they really are rallying around the family, and they are kind of quite heartbroken. And I suppose from the parents' perspective, it could have been any of their kids. You know, it just happened to be Alejandro, but he was playing with a group of kids, and it could have been any one of them. So they're just quite concerned and, and quite trauma- traumatised by what happened. Yeah, well the, the local community are rallying together and I'll give the link to the GoFundMe. Amy, thank you so much for the update. We're right up to speed on that. I appreciate it. Have no a good problem. day. Amy Malloy with the yeah. Irish Independent. In fact, Raoul did speak yesterday. I remember watching some of the video footage of him uh, chatting with the likes of uh, Virgin Media News and indeed uh, RTE News. This is some of what he had to say. Roman is in the hospital. Um, he's asleep from last night. He will be asleep till tomorrow morning. Um, they insert him a tube in, in the neck so he can breathe. And the food is being in there as well. He can Well, he can open his mouth. He can't talk at the moment. His face is in bits. He's terrible. Like, he, he has no lip. All his face is destroyed. Like, his life will be destroyed forever. Parents can't stop crying, he said as well. Now, there is a GoFundMe page. It's called Just Playing With His Friends. Just Playing With His Friends on GoFundMe. And they said an original target of, uh, I don't know, something like €2,000. One of the neighbours, one of the friends of the family, apparently, Caroline, organised the fundraiser and has just turned €100,000 when we looked at it this morning. She says, my name is Caroline and as a neighbour and having children of the same age as Alejandro, my heart is truly broken for his family. What trauma and agonising pain that this vicious attack on an innocent life and a boy just playing with his friends. So the GoFundMe is actually called that. You'll find it on a search just playing with his friends. On a Sunday afternoon, kicking a ball in the park or at least in the green area outside of his home. And we all know of those little green areas outside all of our homes. Meanwhile, just staying with this, Emmett, good morning. Morning. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You you have a pit bull yourself and it gives you and others like you a very bad rep, doesn't it? Even, oh, though, indeed, yeah. even though, I mean, I've had, I've had pit bulls sit across from me with their, their owners um, in this studio. And, and while I was very nervous in the presence of them, they were very placid. What, what happens? It's just bad ownership, Neil. It's bad ownership. Like, from the minute you get a dog, any dog, there should be training put in place straight away and socialization. Like, I was only 17 when I got my dog. 
He's 11 now and he's a model citizen when it comes to pit bulls. But that's only because of the effort that I put in. The research I put in before I got him and the work I done after and throughout his whole life, like it never stops. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just an absolute joke and it's, it is time that the government done something about it. And I don't think it's to do with more uh, repercussions for when something like this happens. I think they need to put something in place before something like this happens so we can stop it happening in the future. Something like mandatory training or something like that for restricted breeds. Like everyone who owns a dog should have a dog license. And I have a, I have a dog license and it says he's an American pit bull terrier. So they should know straight away that that dog should be trained. I should, you know, maybe their dog training centres have records or something like that that you could show that there's training being carried out. Something needs to happen, like, because as as you've been saying, someone's going to die, more people are going to get hurt. Let's, let's, let's concentrate for a moment. Amy brought it up in my conversation with her. To those that have dogs on the dangerous dog list or the restricted breed list, let's talk about pit bulls and they have them as a status symbol. You know the ones, yeah, that have, section of society that love lording it above, about the local community with their vicious dog. I see it, I see I see it, even with my own friends, people say it, like my dogs wear Christmas jumpers and stuff like that, and say, oh, you can't put a, a jumper on a pit bull, that's a, you know, a man's dog, all this kind of stuff. That's ridiculous, like, it needs, they just need to get over it. A dog is a dog, but this dog has potential to cause damage. You know what I mean? It's it's pure and utter just idiocracy and just just ignorance. You know, it's it doesn't matter what kind of a breed a dog is; it needs training. That's the end of it. But tell and me this: you know, with regards to a pit bull, is is do you have to breed the danger into the dog, or is it in there and you have to breed it out of them and train them out of? Which is it? So, if if anyone actually looks into the history of pit bulls. Historically, yes, they were originally bred for bull baiting, which is like a type of hunting, and then it went on to dog fighting after that was banned. And then, obviously, that was banned then subsequently. But all along, they have been uh, bred to be handled by humans. So it's never been... Yes, they have a high prey drive towards animals, and it can cross over into small children if they're not trained properly. But it's, it's they don't have... Uh, a predetermined disposition to go hurting people. But like surely they must do if it's in their DNA and that generations of them were bred for blood. Well, you can say that about any type of dog. 90% of the dogs, modern dog breeds we have today, have started with hunting in some way, shape or form. Hunting or shepherding or something like that where they've been trained to bite or nip or even kill with a lot of dogs. You know what I mean? It's it's when most dogs that dogs. Would you dogs, say that of Labradors or Retrievers? We have Labrador's a we have a King Charles, and it certainly. I mean, well, I mean, it, it probably was a dog that was was bred for purpose. Really, was it to be a lap dog? Maybe that's an entirely different scenario. King Charles come down from spaniels. You know what I mean? Spaniels are hunting dogs. They're gun dogs. They go and retrieve dead animals. You know, uh, and before that, they they flush out animals. You know. They're, they're, it's, it's dogs always serve the purpose it's only now that they don't really serve a purpose anymore and that's another issue is that people don't exercise their dogs and they don't give dogs purpose they lock them indoors they lock them out the back and expect them to be okay they get over the wall then or jump or get out 
and they attack people. So yeah, but surely if that's the case and they have a predisposition to do that, then pit bulls and Rottweilers and Alsatians should not be kept in residential settings or in homes at all. Well, you need responsible owners, Neil. You can say, you could say it about any dog. Any dog, a Jack Russell Terrier, they were bred for ratting, for killing rats, going down holes and killing rats. You know? Same with Yorkshire Terriers originally were ratting dogs as well. Do we have a problem? Do we have a problem in this part of the country with dangerous dogs roaming the streets or being walked without muzzles by kids? Certainly walked without muzzles, and I see a lot of pit bull type dogs being walked by kids. Not necessarily American pit bull terriers. A lot of them are mixed, called bullies or XL bullies, that are actually just they look they're bred to look like pit bulls, but actually aren't pit bulls, and they wouldn't be as strong, and they wouldn't have the prey drive. And I think that's another thing as well. It gets, you know, everything gets tarred with the same brush. If they don't really know what it is, it's just labelled Pitbull. But at the end of the day, none of it should be happening. You know what I mean? If there's a restricted dog list, there should be, there is rules. There should be more rules. We need to stop stuff like this happening before, before anyone else gets more hurt. And like, at the end of the day, if we say, right, we ban all Pitbulls, we ban Alsatians, Rottweilers, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of dogs on that list all over the country and mixes of the dogs. Yeah. What are we going to do with all of them? We just. I don't know off. what we're going to do, Emmett, but we've got to stop people being attacked and we've got to stop incidences like Alejandro and the devastating cons- consequences for the rest of his life. That's what we have to do. Oh, 100%. I agree with you. And I think it comes down to, it, well, it's obviously the owner because if it was pure nutter the dog breed then my dog wouldn't be able to sit in my house with my kids you know yeah 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 okay ho- hold on there if you wish I want to chat with Jason Jason jump in on this what if you have an English staff is it yeah I have a nine month old one and oh, on the that, would, that dog would be on the the restricted breed list wouldn't it the yeah, dangerous yeah, dog yeah. yeah okay okay and I'd be more afraid of any person than my own dog like he's don't there's no driving or to do anything or draw anything like that is a pure pet really but is it not in there waiting to come out no no well if it is I don't see it from her because she, she, she doesn't show it like but like the way I look at it is it's always going to go far back on the owner of the dog like that dog didn't turn around and say oh I'm going to eat someone today like this is how he's bred so, like, you can't paint every brush, every dog with the same brush. And how do they, how do they, how would you breed a dog like, say, an English staff or a pit bull or an Alsatian or a Rottweiler to attack? They're not trained to attack at all. No, say, but, but, but clearly they do, so they must be trained to it, do that. It, no, it's not. Yeah, they're, they're, teased, they're probably teased and everything when they're being brought up, like. Yeah, they're not trained. They're not trained at all, you see. That's the issue. And most of the time, they're being locked out the back or into a room yeah. or something like that. They're not socialised. They don't yeah. know how to act around children. They, they don't know how to act around other animals. You know, it, it, it's completely down to the owner. It'd be the same way if someone's child went out on the street and done something to someone or hurt something to someone. It's all down to their parents, not raising them right. Yeah, but you see... But, but, we don't, but, but that's my point. We don't paint everyone's child with the same brush. So why should it be done with dogs? Because, the, because the potential in their DNA for hundreds and maybe thousands well, so of years same, is... But that's the same with any child and their parent. The potential is their parent is a criminal or whatever. So. 
But you see, the, the, but the legislation is there, the laws are there, but yet we have these status symbol dogs with these idiots, these cretins walking them, knowing and that they think that they're all, they're that all they hard are, men. They, but, they should be punished. Yeah, People but, like that should be punished. But you see, like, you, you'll get a dog, any kind of dog you want, on the black market. You can get anything now on the black market for cash. It would be impossible uh, to increase legislation or restrictions when people can buy them anywhere they want. It's not as if you go in and buy them through official sources like. Yeah, but hey, Amy, that's a good idea there. Like if you're getting one of them dogs, you should be able to show that you can handle one of them dogs. Yeah, but the rain. Like, well, I, like I, I, I'm getting another pup now today. Yeah, but I, like you'll get one rain. on the black market. You'll get one on social media. You'll get it from somebody who's breeding them up the country, and they'll get slippy one for. Dog, and that's fair enough. And if you're seen with the dog and you don't have the proper papers with it. You, the dog should be taken off there. Yeah? yeah, okay. It's simple as that. The dog warden comes round and knocks on every door, Neil. They do it once a year. They, they were only up in my place a couple of months ago. But they're they only the ones that are registered, though. No, the dog warden knocks on every single door. Uh, and every single one's door. Before they were up in my dog, estate to four of them did it a couple of months ago. Ask if, ask if you have a dog. If you do or you don't, they're still going to knock on the door. If there's evidence that there's a dog in the house, They'll put something in the letterbox and they follow up on it. You know, every every dog owner knows this. You have to have the license for your dog, or else you're going to get a fine just for not having a license. When you do have that license, when you're registering your dog in the post office, you have to put down the breed. That should be a red flag straight away. You should get a you should get a letter out to say you have to produce training papers to say that you have this had dog puppy trained from the start and anything then subsequently. Okay, after. okay, hold, hold on there, Eva. Yeah. You want to pick up on what Emmett was saying there with regards to his pit bull or pit bulls. You have a pit bull. Yes, I do. Um, I have an answer to be very specific and I don't, I hate the stigma. I, you, there, there's nothing wrong with the dogs. Dogs are not naturally aggressive. People, wrong people are breeding or treating dogs badly and that's why they behave or they attack. Like, it's not about the dog. Like, you cannot continue to give the back stigma to Rottweilers and pit bulls. Yes, there are big dogs that are capable to cause damage, but every small dog can bite you. I had a Labrador and it was really well trained. We have a professional walking the dog. The dog had issues and it had to be put down. What issues? issues? What issues? What issues? He was attacking my children. Really? Nothing and attacking my children. Yes, really. You must and have been alarmed when that happened for the first time. You must have been of shocked. Course, we always scared. Like you, that's why we got the professional to step in and help us to do absolutely everything we could. But the dog, there was just something wrong with the dog, and the dog had to be put down. And like we have a non-staff, two-year-old, one. What did you say? Two-year-old what? Pitbull. Well, yeah. she's an amster, which is a, a, a group of pitbulls. And it's wrong to say that pitbulls are bad, aggressive dogs. They're not. Like, you have they're small not. dogs. They're on, and they're they're, what do you mean? They're, 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 but, but then why have we got a young for a nine-year-old in hospital? With devastating because consequences of a pitbull Because the dog wasn't trained properly. Because the dog wasn't trained properly. wrong people having dogs. It's the same with children. There's a lot of people who shouldn't have... But I'm not hearing of Labradors attacking kids in the middle of the day playing well, football with is. their mates. Mine is. I'm hearing it about and dogs on the dangerous dogs list all the time. Because... Because they are the ones brought to light about it. You wouldn't hear about a Jack Russell biting someone, would you? No. No, you wouldn't. That's my point, because it's not, it's, not a, it's not a pit bull, like. 
Exactly, and it's, people don't want to hear it, and people were just like, oh, sure, it was just one hour. It was only Jack Russell, or the little dog, that's yeah. all they hate you get up. Exactly, how many small dogs bite kids all the time? Just because there's I'd be, small dogs. I'd be afraid of smaller dogs than bigger dogs myself. Yeah, you did say that, Jason. Do either, do any of you, any three of you, get people looking at you frightened as you walk your dogs? No, because people... Not really, no, because... No, it's a good dog. Not really, yeah, because it's, it's like in my temperament and my dog, most people, she sits down or rolls over on her back looking for a rub. No, but you don't find people walking away or around you? No, 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 no. Because I, the minute, the minute, it's the temperament of her, like. Okay, what did you want to say, Emmett? I'm going to move on. Do you ever get people trying to avoid the dog when you're out and about? I used, no. a long time ago, yeah, I used to have other dog owners, if you're walking down the road, they'd pick up their dog and run across the road. But 90% of the time, the dogs that are barking, are the small ones and they all, all, always bark at my dog and my dog because he's trained he doesn't bark back he doesn't go from or anything like that but you always see it people with Dijon Freeze uh, Maltese Jack Russell's their yeah, dogs yeah. are on the lead bark 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 and my dog sitting there okay. Okay. and it's it, 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 the, the issue is with all dogs Neil but the thing the reason there's a restricted breed list is because these dogs have the potential to cause damage uh, and we, people we don't know how to hold them properly. Yeah, there properly. was the story of the Jack Russell Terrier that was ordered to be put down after biting a woman. Do you remember he was given one last chance to live? There was a, a story there for some weeks back up the country. Uh, he was owned by an 85-year-old retired guard. So this was a Jack Russell. They, they've got a bit of history too, don't they? Yeah, like it. My friend's dog came, got out one day. This dog was off lead all the time, a Jack Russell Terrier. And there was a little girl playing on the, on the grass out the front, same as that boy Alan's on out. And the Jack Russell got out, bit this two-year-old girl on the face and cut her. And there was nothing done because the... the, the, the ball girl Yeah, but when a Jack... When a Jack I, mean, I don't know what the jaws or the jaw power of a Jack Russell are like, but when a pit bull locks on, it'd be hard to get him off with, even with a baseball bat. Yeah, but that's not why you can that's call why pit well, what would you call that pit bull if it wasn't aggressive? Uh, what would no, you call not a aggr- dog? Uh, listen, every dog can be aggressive in the wrong hands. But the reason there is a restricted breed list is because these dogs have the potential to do more damage if, they're, if they are left off leash okay. without a muzzle. Okay, so we- the same thing as someone's son doing more damage because they have the potential to do it as well. And it's all in their rearing or their breeding, and it's, it's the same it's with all the all in rearing. That's, okay. that's what a boy's down to, like. Okay. All right. Thanks, Emmett. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Eva. Back after the break. Text 0868 Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. More on dogs after 11 this morning, uh, because it isn't only dogs on the dangerous dogs list. You hear of those being reported and covered in the papers, of course, but there are other ones as well, like the story of a little child that was in the Peace Park and attacked by a Jack Russell. I'll talk to Oksana about that just after 10, 10 this morning, 11 this morning. But in other news, with regards to the Mahan Point incident, never that's a while now since I came across people so incensed and angry as to what happened to this woman and her daughter in the food court in Maham Point. Uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that Maham Point also are, are listening to this. I'm quite sure that uh, they would be just as upset as anybody else. And I know that there is security there and I know it's difficult to police all the entrances and exits and you don't know by the look of a person, not always anyway, 
as to what's going on in their head or how they're going to behave. Sure you don't. Uh, I feel so angry over that woman and her daughter in Maham Point. My son and his friends were there a few weeks ago having something to eat in the food court upstairs when two teens approached them and sat down next to them. Now, the texter described as to what community he believes they came from. One of the teens had a long iron bar up his sleeve and asked my son and his friends which one of them was going to fight him. My son, sons and his friends held on to their phones, but they did feel very intimidated. Thankfully, these characters eventually left them alone in the end. This was seven o'clock on a late night shopping night. My son and his friends are 15 and 16, and it's only now that would be inclined to let him go to places on his own at this age. And wouldn't you think Mahan Point would have been safe rather than allowing them into town? Well, in that case, it wasn't. Um, I don't know, you know, like, uh, how are you going to stop somebody getting into a place with an iron bar up their sleeve unless you have some sort of an X-ray security on the entrances and exits, and we don't want things to go that far, do we? And that restaurant would have video cameras. It would be easy to identify those girls. If I was there, I would have stood up for the lady. And one final texter, Dennis says, she's entitled to have torn the scumbag's hair out by the roots. She's entitled to defend herself under the law, says Dennis. No, it wouldn't have played out that way. That would have been deemed as a criminal assault. Um, You would then have entered a plea as a defence that they were laughing at her, mocking her, saying different things to her and things like that. Uh, But I don't think it would have stood up in court if she had turned around and got physically violent with one or any of them. I think she'd find herself as the defendant in that one. It's a bit like the stories in the papers this morning of the two women who were fighting next door. One woman was alleging that the other woman was having an affair with her husband. The husband would go into the house. One morning she'd had enough of it at eight o'clock in the morning when the husband went next door to the other woman to have a cigarette. And she followed her and confronted her. And there was verbals. And she went away and she got a piece of glass and she brought it back and she slashed the woman's arm. Both of them ended up in court, incidentally. Uh, But Mrs. Woman with the glass and who went next door to the woman who she alleged was having the affair with her husband, uh, she got a fairly hefty fine and suspended sentence for that. Anyway, I just pass it on by example. Text 0868104106. Back after 11. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. I do want to chat um, with uh, Oksana because these are the unreported stories that don't make the papers like Misfortune uh, Alejandro in Wexford with the disfigurement to his body, particularly his face. But this is from four weeks ago when Oksana was in the Peace Park with her one-year-old um, just spending some quality time. Oksana, good morning. Good morning. What happened? Uh, we decided that it was a nice day to have some bite and some coffee in a peace park because it was sunny and beautiful. And my baby girl, she just like walking and everything. She's so. walking. What is she, a year, year and a half? Yeah, she's walking since, since she's ten and a half months. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes. And I was sitting down with benches by the wall. I sitting, I'm sitting, drinking my coffee, and my husband with my daughter. We're just walking, you know, like park, nice. And the shaggy dog comes, you know. A, a, a what came? Shaggy dog, like looks like something like Jack Russell, maybe some mixed in breed a little bit, you know. Right. And I just stood up to say, just to shout out to my husband, lift the baby because we don't know this dog and everything. Next thing, my daughter takes a step, dog knocks her over, grabs her and starts to shake her. Grabs her 
by the jaws. Where, is it? Uh, uh, dog grabs my baby girl, yes. From where I stood, yes, it looked like it grabbed her by the face, by the cheek, <sighs> but actually it grabs her by the ear. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, my husband reacted quickly, grabbed the dog, you know, uh, squeezed it as much because he didn't want to pull the dog, obviously, from because it would rip whatever he is holding on to. Tried to choking dog, dog, dog let go. No owner, nowhere to be seen. Child is screaming, bleeding, maybe about two minutes in. Dog uh, owner comes in. Dog didn't have a leash or a muzzle, anything. And the dog owner was so, so cocky, yes. So what? Like, what? The dog owner was so cocky, is it? Yes. He is like, what happened? What happened? Like, uh, my child is screaming. Like, I'm trying to explain to him, like, with your dog bit, bit my child. And he's like, well, you should know you shouldn't let small children to the dogs because my dog hates children. That's what he said. My dog hates children, but yet he's in a public park where children are with families off the exactly. lead. What exactly. kind of a moron is he? What happened next? Uh, when he starts to brag that he's local and I'm here every day and, you know, people know that, you know, not to go with, with, with children to the dogs. Like, literally next, we just, I said, you, I, I, my, like, my husband was holding the screaming and crying baby and with another hand, he was holding me because the owner was so, so arrogant. You know, we just said, you know, we're going to go to the hospital. We went to the hospital. She had two holes. I, I sent some pictures. She yes, had two I know. Holes. It's very upsetting. I have the photographs. Uh, of the two fortune. holes in her head above her ear. Uh, one deep, deep wound uh, between the uh, ear and head joining, you know. And, like, we run to the mercy. Mercy cleaned the wound and everything. Then we sent pictures to the... CH, so we had, because plastic surgeons in CH were concerned and they wanted to see us. Yeah. So it was like for next couple of weeks, it was like going between, you know, like hospitals and everything because we wanted to see how it's healing. And is it healing? So, Will she need plastic surgery? No, no. And it the marks, the like, marks are clearly marks that have been made by the dog's teeth when he grabbed onto her. Yes, but it's like there is still a little bump above your ear, you know, but it's a scar, you know, now. Because if it happened, I can tell you exactly the day. It happened 6th October. Okay. Because I looked at the picture. Okay. So when, when, when the dog attacked and locked onto your little baby um, and wouldn't the let go... The owner was nowhere seen. There was what? The owner was nowhere seen. He was at the very, very other end of the park. So he eventually arrived, right? And yes. he started shouting at you, you know, everybody knows, yes, he like I'm here every day. Yeah, yeah. Because I started, you know, when when we finally got dog, uh, when my husband finally got the uh, dog to let go, I started screaming who, whose dog it is, whose dog it is, you know. Okay. So then he eventually, you know, show, show himself up, you know, and we, uh, how to say, but like, but he was like, he he blamed us because we... With a child. Yeah, you're entitled you know? to be there with the child and you don't have to have the child on a lead, obviously. I, um, he, I know that. But he like he that claims to have a dog that hates children, so shouldn't be in a park. Did Did you call the guardy? We didn't call straight away a guard because we were, you know, safety, safety cars, you know, law later. But we went to the guard, uh, we stand in the hospital about 
five hours when this went went evening we filed the report uh garda has all the proofs all the pictures and everything apparently should be a cctv footage in that would be yeah, okay have, so there would be cctv we have foot- nothing back okay and she they have photographs of your daughter's injuries and everything um, yes, and reports from the hospital, from Mercy, from CUH, you know. So if somebody knows a local guy with a paddock cap about 70, between 60 and 70 with a shaggy dog, because he was bragging that he was uh, local. What's the point of going bragging that he was local? Is he saying that you're not, is it? Like his Okay, it's not. It's no. It's not a great phone line. It's difficult to hear you at the best of times. But the phone line is starting uh-huh. to break up on me. So you, you, you. He'd be easily spotted because he says he's always in there. Sure, sure surely. Yes. The, yeah. I mean, are the guards concerned about what happened to your daughter? Uh, we were very concerned, yeah. but didn't hear anything since. You have heard nothing since. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, would you be fearful about going back in there again? See if you can find this character. No. No way we're going in. No. Uh, as my husband said, no way we're going in. Or the way my husband goes into that park to hunt that guy down. No way. No. No, no. But what if it, what if it happens again to another child? I know. That's my point. The guy needs to find him. You know what I mean? He needs, the garden needs to get cracking and find him because he's so, so your daughter is there, covered in blood, um, having been caught and bitten and dragged by the ear by this dog. He just picked up his dog and walked off, is it? No, no, he didn't even walk off. He was start, uh, starting, uh, start, uh, uh, staying there, shouting at us. And did any other members of the public come over to help? Nope. Uh, the only guy who came over, it was kind of, you know, a security guy in the what, park. And what did he do? He was like, do you need me to call to, 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 to ambulance or something? What do, you, like, what, what do you need me to do? Okay. Do you want me to call an ambulance? Not do you want uh, me to call the guards? No. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Security guy definitely knows that guy. Because that guy, he said, comes there every day. And I'm surprised that Garda still didn't found the check owner back of the in, dog. Check back in with the Garda and find out if they have any information or any update. Uh, like I, I didn't hear from them anything, so I have to call them. But, like, you know what? Uh, my baby is better now, but I am not. I have nightmares. Yeah, I can imagine I you would have nightmares. I have really, 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 really bad anxiety. You know, seeing your 12-month-old baby girl being shaken by a dog, it's, it's not a joke. No, and to hear her screaming and crying in pain, is it any wonder you'd have nightmares? Yes, and then we went back and forward so much to the hospitals, you know. She now freaks out when she sees somebody in a white coat, you know. She's freaked out. Yeah, when she sees somebody like when she sees a doctor or something, she sees out because it's not so ah, much. Ah, the poor little thing. And, and, poor and, and, little and thing. And she's like a tiny tot. She's only like, she's only just turned what, like, thirteen months. You know, like. I know. Oh, months. sure, I know. It's a sh- it's a shocking thing that happened to her and to the whole family out in the Peace Park on a Sunday afternoon. But that dog's a dangerous dog and needs to be taken out of circulation or at least away from other people or children. I mean, the man admitted to you that the dog doesn't like children. We can see what he did. You know, that's a dangerous dog. And you know, it's not like we touched or we called no, the dog. No, my my no. husband was just walking, and the teacher, the dog just came right in between, and my baby girl. Okay, okay. Like, 
Okay. No, I think everybody has a fair idea as to what happened. Um, and I hope your daughter makes a full and 100% recovery. But you should just call the Gardaí again and ask them, is there any news? I will, I will, you know, yeah. but it's like, it shouldn't be happening. Like, why is it, it's not only dangerous breed. It's not only dangerous It's not a dangerous breed, it's no, it's a Jack Russell, yeah. Okay, and yeah. we don't hear of these kind of attacks. We hear about the ones on the dangerous dog list. Come back to me and let me know if there's an update, Oksana, as to whether the Guardian are I making will. any progress. Okay, regards to you, your I husband will. and your daughter. Thank you so much. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Corks red. I'll get back to my phone lines in a second. Hold on to Stephen there, if you don't mind. Just ten, just ten seconds. Oh, I'll come back to that. I just wanted to say that I said that Oksana's daughter was a year and a half. She's only just turned one, and I have two photographs. One is before. Um, the um, medical intervention at CUH and the baby's head is just destroyed in blood and cuts and the other one is the same head all bandaged up at CUH A&E and again all of the blood seeping through it was an horrific attack by Jack Russell Stephen good morning good morning Neil I know, you? I know you're at work so I won't keep you long go yeah. ahead we wanted to pick up on because four this is a Jack Russell better, yeah. okay four minute tea break one was a Jack Russell attacking a one year old a little earlier was a Labrador to be put down for nipping at a child what did you want to say yeah I mean for me it's clear like that the difference a dangerous breed is a dangerous breed no Jack Russells are the exception really like they, if they are abused or misused by their owner they will attack but a dangerous breed for me is like, for example, the pit bull, like, or the bully. Because what, what they do is they try to disable what they see as a threat. So they tear muscle and flesh and they go for the kill. They maul. Exactly. So that, like, a Jack Russell might do that as well just because he's feeling intimidated. But every other dog will give a warning, boys. Whereas the bully goes in there, like, and he, he's not finished till he's uh, finished, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so any dog is, has, the, has, the, has the potential to bite or to nip or to attack or yeah. snap. They get a little warning, like, you know. No, they can be taught out of that. They can be trained out of that. But you can't train that out of a, a pit bull. Right. How do you know that? Have you had experience of a pit bull? I, but I can't really go into deep detail, but I, I, I know a bit about dogs, you know. Um, I have a little bit of experience of it. In the sense that without identifying many, there was yeah. a pit bull. My, was, yeah. my grandchild was nipped on the nose by a pit bull one time and it was, you know, um, oh I looked into what I researched it and all of that like, and, and you know it, it, like the point is like that um, a dangerous speed for a good reason like, you know um, and that was unprovoked was it in the case of that grandchild yeah her dad answered the front door and left her with the pit bull in the, the living room and um, he heard the child screaming when he, you see, so as soon as he turned his back like, the pit bull was, was the was in charge of the room then, you know, and the child might have just pulled it there or something like that, like, you know, but he nipped. So everything will be fine when you're, when the, what's the right term? Is it the owner of the dog or the guardian of the dog is in the room? There's kind of a respect between yeah. master and dog, but when the master yeah, leaves, then the, the dog feels, the is that it? Yeah, that's one of the elements, but like, I hear people there saying, you know, they're a great breed, it's not the dog, it's the owner and all this kind of thing, and you but like, that's not really 100% true, like, you know, you could treat a pit bull very, very well, you know, but they're one master, and that's it. Like you know, so they'll they'll you know they'll use the pecking order like, when they're when they're with uh, siblings. And, so that if and, they're know, if they're even well trained, but they're out or yeah. they get out, the master yeah. and the training is of no importance yeah. anymore. Exactly, and like, it's in their it's in their um, their DNA as well. Like that, if a child grabs them by the ear, they don't see it as a child playing. They see that as an attack on them, a head a headshot. You know what I mean? So they will try and disable. 
the, the threat. And so they, they all have the potential, yeah, okay, so they all have the potential to go for you, but the consequences yeah. are entirely different between, say, well, Absolutely. I mean, this was a one-year-old baby now attacked oh, in the Peace yeah. Park by... Like I mean, if you were to put a one-year-old, just for size, if you were to put a, the size of that child next to a dog of similar size, let's say, a little bit bigger, maybe. Why does, it, why, does a, why does a small Jack Russell see a baby as what, prey or a threat? How? Yeah, they might have been intimidated by, you know, a child might have snapped them, a child might have thrown a stone at them, a child might have pulled their tail or their hair or poked their eye. You know, it's something in, in, that, in that particular dog, some sort of trauma that, he, you know, they just recognize it as a threat. Okay, so what, I mean, I know, I know you have to go, but the, this woman um, and the consequences that the child had to go through and is to live with now because yeah. the Jack Russell attacked her. Your man mm-hmm. says to her, it's your own fault. Everybody here knows my dog hates children. What, what kind of a and stupid the, thing is that to say? That's the other point I want to make there, you know. And, um, you know, there, there are dangerous breed laws here where you have to dog mothers and all that. But none of those things are enforced, you know. So I need the people, even that, that guy there in Dublin, and um, I'd be looking at taking a case against the state. I would get a baroscope. I would include all the cases I know of that are currently, you know, in hospital or whatever else. Get a good baroscope and sue the state because they're not doing their job, you know. You mean Alejandro's family in Wexford should sue the state? Oh, big time. All right. Big time. Okay. You know, there's a definite case to be answered there, like, you know, because if they're not doing their job and enforcing these laws properly and dealing with the dangerous breeds out in the street, well, they have a they have responsibility for that. But that would never fly. That would like anybody that was ever assaulted or house burgled in the middle of the night and no culprit was ever caught. Should they should be entitled to sue the state? That'll never fly. No, no I think it would be dogs because there is, um, you know, there are laws they are preventing dangerous breeds to be out there on the streets, like, you know, okay. and they should. They're never enforced. I have never. I haven't seen a muzzle on a dog for months. You know, and the only the only time you see a muzzle on a dog is a greyhound uh, on the way to the track. You know. <clears throat> I'll let you get on. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it, Stephen. Okay, uh, you no took worries. some time out this morning, and I'm grateful to it. Interestingly, uh, one text here: that woman that had that incident with the Jack Russell and her small little baby in the Peace Park, she should be hunting down that man to take a civil action against him, and should immediately contact a solicitor. They can liaise with the guardie and get the case moving. Now, I like that on a lot of different levels. One of them is on the basis that that dog clearly has the potential to attack and lock on, as he did to uh, Aksana's little child, again, right? Because he just has the propensity to do it again because the owner of the dog says he doesn't like children. But yet he has him off the lead inside in the peace park um, and maybe has done it in the past. I have no idea. So, I mean, we, we use terms like an irresponsible owner. I mean, I think that's putting it quite mildly. Vincent Cashman is with the CSPCA. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What would happen there? That's Oksana's daughter, right? She's just turned one year old, attacked by um, a dog inside in the Peace Park, um, grabbed by, might need surgery and plastic surgery, certainly on the right-hand side of her face and her ear and things. And the owner of the dog says, everybody knows my dog hates children. I mean, is that a civil matter or is it a Garda matter? Uh, it's a civil matter. It could be both, actually, because in the city confines, <clears throat> actually the entire Cork City, the Control of Dogs Act states that a dog must be under effectual control. Any dog warden would tell you that rule is absolute nonsense. Right? Aye. The only way a dog can be under effectual control is on a lead. 
That is the only way. So if, like, just let's decides. get this right. If you're in the Peace Park with a dog or if I'm walking, say, the walk, yes. which I do with dogs on the Tremor Valley Walk, for instance, yes. other people are walking on the same path, do they have to, by law, be on a lead? Yes, they have to. And at what stage can they go off the lead for a run? They can't. So how are we ever going to exercise our dogs that need a run? Uh, you run with your dog. Right. Is it a beach? What about a beach, for instance, or the woods or a forest? Um, if there's other dogs, that all depends. I'm talking about in the city area. So we'll say anything that is marked in Cork City. I think they're the only council in the country that have been proactive enough to say, right, effectual control. The only way for it is the dog on the lead. You might, your dog might have great recall, Neil, right? And by definition, that could be classed as effectual control. Yeah. I call Rex and Rex runs back to me. But if Rex hears a different sound, different smell, sees a different dog, he may not react to your call because his focus is on something else. I've seen it. I've seen very, very calm, placid dogs go absolutely ape when they see sheep in a field and they just as if they go deaf. Whatever kicks in, they go into attack mode. I don't know what that's about. So so if I went to the Balancholic Regional Park, is it different? No, no. It's city. It's meant to, meant to be kept on a lead. So is Cork City problem, in Varnes the only part of the country where all dogs must always be on a lead? Correct. Okay, okay, I get you. All right. Now, any no of the restricted breeds must be on a lead in all parts of the country. So why isn't they the security be- guard inside in the Peace Park, and he sees this guy in there all the time, saying, my Jack Russell hates children, and he attacks a one-year-old baby, a toddler, a small little tiny baby, why isn't he being thrown out or arrested? You see, Neil, look, I'll give you two two examples. Two of our dog wardens, one of them was was, um, was pushed there. Again, he was able to handle it, right? Pushed there about three weeks ago inside in the park, telling a person to put their dog on a lead. Now, when we arrive on a park, you're, you don't go in there all guns blazing. The minute they see the van, if there's any dogs that are loose, and it, it does happen, um, they all run to get their dog on a lead. They know the dogs should be kept on a lead. Every park in the in the city has signs up your dog must be kept on a lead. Um, and we had another, one of our other dog wardens was threatened with a hurley um, two weeks ago asking a person to put their dog on a lead. Threatened with a hurley? Do, threatened with a hurley. So that the guards had to be called for that issue. Okay, okay. The, 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 the problem with, with a lot of these things, people think... Do you call the guards then when somebody threatens you with the hurley? Oh, of course, yeah, I call the guards straight away, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, okay. So, the other issue is what? Is, is basically people think that their dog, their pet dog at home, reacts great outside. A lot of them don't. And leaving them off a lead potentially you could be leaving off something very, very dangerous. Okay. Now, I just not clarify that in the incident of Oksana's daughter, it was the Peace Park. I think I may have said Bishop Lucy Park. Now, the reason I want to clarify that is from the point of view of getting it right. So it's not the Bishop Lucy Park, it's the Peace Park on Grand Parade, you know, just that area there. Yes. And Bishop Lucy Park is Grand Parade. But, what? Yeah, but there wouldn't be security at the Peace Park. Sure, there wouldn't. But there would be in Bishop Lucy Park. Generally speaking, we, we, we've even seen it ourselves there. If you go to Ballancolic Regional Park, right, you, you park up your van, the wardens will be out on patrol. They could say to Joe Bloggs, look, could you clip your dog on the lead? I will, of course, no problem at all, my fault. They disappear around the corner, and the first thing they do is they unclip the dog. Why would a Jack Russell attack a baby? 
We hear of the dangers. Be, there could be, it could be literally anything in the dog. We have a restricted breeds list for very good reason. In my own opinion, the list is far too small. There should be more breeds added to it. Um, and people have these dogs. It could be literally anything could twig in a dog. About a civil, If the dog is inside in your garden, if your dog gets out of your garden in the morning, how can the, the, the civil authorities control the fact that your dog got out your front gate? Yeah. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. They can't, yeah. right? So, And you can't be everywhere. But it is down to correct dog ownership. The likes of pit bulls, it's the bite pressure per square inch if they bite, as you already said. It's the damage that they can do if they bite. But pit bull owners and people who have dogs on the dangerous dog list say that they have them trained properly. I don't know what happened with Alejandro and Wexford. That's nonsense, Neil. If If you have a dog, you could have the best trained dog in the place. And there could be something, there could be a smell in the air or something twig. I was dealing with a gentleman... Um, maybe three weeks ago a child was attacked by a dog the child did nothing was nowhere near the dog the child the dog went for the the, the child the um, one of the adults in the room managed to get the dog the dog broke loose and locked onto her right mm. nothing happened there was no there was nothing untoward there was no strange noise the child was nowhere near the dog and the dog decided... Just a spontaneous eruption. What breed of dog? That was a terrier mix. Right, they can be vicious enough then, Jack Russell's and terriers. Well, you see, you have to to go back to what the breed, what they were bred for. I mean, there are people out there with dogs. We've had them here. Uh, People saying, oh, I got a dog, especially over COVID. Anybody who spent 1,500 to 2,000 euros on a dog, they've generally speaking kept their dog. We, we'd have a dog there that somebody might have got paid 300 euros for it, had no idea what the cross was going to be like and decided, look, I need to surrender this dog. Yeah. After getting too big. Right. And they're too dangerous. The Belgian Malinois, which is like a, a, a thinner German Shepherd, they should be hands down on the restricted breeds list. So is the restricted breeds list, considering what happened to Alejandro and others like him, another one in Dublin last week, is it fit for purpose? The, the Control of Dogs Act needs to be looked at again. And it needs to be looked at in its entirety. So what would you do? If, okay, if you want to, in other countries, they have, this, they have it more or less sorted. If you want to own a German Shepherd, okay, and this is what we have to start looking at in this country. Um, if you want to own a German Shepherd, we'll say in the likes of Germany now, okay, you need to do a course to show that you can handle this dog. They have it done properly anyway. We were dealing with a lady who was only recently come back from Germany with her dog. She bought her dog. She had to sign up for a 10-week training program, which cost €100. Euros. But you're saying it doesn't Probably. matter a damn. You can have all the training in the world into them, you but can, something but will happen. At least you have done some work. The vast majority of dogs in Ireland, there is no work done with them yet. None. And in fact, in some cases, is it the opposite? We hear of the status symbol of the dog and the... Dangerous dog lift and you yeah. list and you've got these characters and they're, you know, with the gatch on them. They're being bought. So, some of them are being bought for no other purpose, Neil, but as a weapon. And do they, they train them as a weapon? It, it, it could be anything. It could be just a breed. Same cropping the dog's ears. The dog could be as placid as a lamb, but they'll crop the ears at home and or cut the ears and the dog, they're automatically making the dog look vicious, right? You're, you're, they're getting them instead. If somebody gets caught... Um, and you have criminals using them as basically guards. If they get caught with a, a firearm, there's a jail sentence. If they get caught with a knife, there's a jail sentence. 
what's the sentence if they get caught with a dangerous dog? Uh, do you have any success in courts prosecuting these kind of complaints? Not, this thing is going to be something you know, that is, we think, going to be more prevalent going forward. Have you ever brought anybody to court? Not, not for the, or there has been cases brought to court. <laughs> um, we had won a German Shepherd. It was recommended by our own dog wardens because it was constantly getting out. It was a dangerous dog. It is going to attack somebody. It went to court on three separate occasions. And it was decided that nobody wanted to be putting a dog to sleep, that the owner had to take responsibility to make sure their garden was secure. Mm. It went against the advice of the dog warden. And if yeah, but you can't put down a dog that has that might attack. You can't but do that. It had attacked. Why oh, did you say it had? Di- I thought you said that it, it would. Had. Yeah, it had attacked. And did damage I to mean, a, how do you How do you judge an attack? If you were to come along there sometimes, and we'd advise people there if they have a dog at home as well, if they come along, dogs will show you generally signs, right? Um, we've all come across dogs, don't touch their feed ball, don't touch this, don't do that. But if a dog, if a dog's bites are steadily getting worse, the dog is showing you signs that the potential next bite could be very, very okay. What should she do, Oksama, with regards to the attack on her little daughter and this character? And basically, the she should make a report to the Gardaí. She did. Um, d- dog attacks here are being underreported. She did, though. Um, so yes, she made a report to the guards. The guards then would, would probably try and follow up with the people inside in the park or the security in the park, if there was security there, who is this individual? That's the way to go with it. Okay. So and, and make them stop. They, they, like, you don't have... Um, but in this case, if the guardie do all of that, identify him, would they need witnesses independent? Like, would this dog ultimately, because he has attacked and damaged a one-year-old baby, would he be put down? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, it should be put down, Neil. Yeah, okay. okay. How could you leave that dog... Out. Sad and all as it is, that dog is after doing damage to that child. What if it gets out again? Oh, I know. We, we, but... Our business is rehoming animals, but this is this is one of the paramount problems. It is. It definitely has crept into Ireland. If you are dealing with a dog that has, if you can remember, Neil, we discussed this case. There was a lady attacked by her own dog in North Cork. It took four Gardaí to get the dog off her. I'm not going to mention the breed now, right? Because I don't want to mention it in an individual case. It took four Gardaí to get the dog off this lady. As far as I'm aware, to this day, she still can't use her arms properly. Oh and it was God. her own dog. Oh and the God. first thing they said, oh, it was the owner's fault. It was the owner's fault. The owner did absolutely nothing. Okay, okay. And something to do you think that? Do you, do you think that... Well, if Jack Russells are attacking and Labradors are attacking and others are attacking, is there any point even asking whether or not you think that dogs on the dangerous dog list should be outlawed and not to be allowed? I mean, does any country got a ban on them? They're in, in the UK. You're not allowed to keep you're them? Prop, if, you're, you're not allowed to keep pit bulls, no. If, they're, right. they're, if, if, they're, if, the guards take, if the guards take them. And what they do then is they'll come along and they'll say, oh, but it's a cross of a pit bull, it's not a full pit bull. Can you prove it's, 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 there, there's some cases then where, oh, can you prove it's a pit bull? Um, there has been, I know, cases brought against people like that, but people have to, they, they are, we'll say, Neil, all you have to do now yourself, right? And especially now with, with like, the Belgian Malinois. Belgian Malinois is used by police forces and army all over the world. And it is used by them for a specific reason. They are 
I would reckon five, six times more agile than a German Shepherd. And do they walk around with them on the beat? They walk. They, they, they guards use German Shepherds because they're they're under more control with a German Shepherd. But they walk with Generally them as part of their work. Walk with them, right? Yeah. But the Belgian Malinois, I have seen people walking with them down the street, off lead. They are a they, they are a weapon. It's the and Wild West out there in Ireland, isn't it? It's the Wild West. You see, and it's it's they, it's the public need to take. Have a, have a serious look at what they're doing with them. They shouldn't be being bred in the numbers they're being bred. We can police so much with the likes of, of uh, dog breeding and, and stuff like that. There's only so much we can do. The Joe, Joe public is buying these dogs. Let me get it's, back. it's down to Joe public. Joe public has they have an awful lot of power in their hands when it comes to buying pets and stuff like this. Breeders are only breeding them. Because people keep but do you them. believe they should be outlawed, banned, that nobody should be able to keep any of these things? No, I don't think they should be outlawed, okay. right? But if you come along and if you have the likes of a Malinois or a Pitbull or a German Shepherd, you should be able to prove they would need to be, and look, I don't think it would take too much, they would need to be accredited trainers that you, if you're getting this dog, anyone that's breeding them, that to Neil Prendival, who goes in and buys a German Shepherd, well, Neil, if you want to get this dog, we sort out the microchipping. You have to show me a license that you have the dog and you're signed up for this course. But you just so, said earlier that all of the courses and training in the world won't make a difference at all if the dog gets out on it, its own. But it can, it can only help. Right. If you can show, Neil, that you're looking after this dog and you want to take it seriously, then you're going to make sure that your, your kennels are correct, your garden is secure. You can't, be, you can't mitigate against everything. But you could at least try. Okay. okay. We, have, we, have, we, 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 we did a home check in a garden there a couple of years ago. Is the gar- Yeah, it's completely walled. I arrived down to do the home check. There's a two-foot stone wall all over the house. I said a guinea pig could get out over the wall. Totally. Yeah. 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 There needs to be a, 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 a re-looking at it, and they need to start involving. Like, if, they, if, there's a, if there's a dog attack, generally speaking, the guards will contact the dog warden service. They need to involve the dog service the dog warden service more when saying right what breeds okay. are the most dangerous what are they coming across more yeah. the dog warden service needs to be asked more okay just one final question because I have other calls here and I'm limited time in the case of what happened to um, uh, the, the child in the Peace Park uh, Oksana's daughter she's just over one year old were you ever contacted by the Gardaí about this and if not who would they have contacted um, I don't I, I have to double check the files I'm out, in the, out in the wagon at the moment right I, I don't think we were contacted it's not ringing any bells ok so you, were you aware of this uh, attack no not okay. until this morning no. ok should she call the guards and ask them if anything has been done in the matter I suppose she should yeah, okay. um, if, okay. the, if there is a report on it they would have a, they would have an ID number on it but they would she, take it seriously though would they of course like you see if, again this person has the dog the dog is out if the dog is out again it could be, it could be far more serious. The next one, so they would, the guards would take it seriously. And in my okay. experience, they take these kind of things very, very seriously. Okay, thank you, Vincent. As always, Vincent Cashman with the CSPCA. Still to come this side of uh, midday, with limited time that's left, we have uh, our five-star giveaway: ten thousand euro cash to spend in Soundstore.
as they celebrate the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. I can take five guesses on this. Pick up the phone, 0818104106. Five guesses, your opportunity to get 10 grand to spend in Soundstore. We know three of the voices, but I need to get the other two identified and I need five voices in the correct order, please. Have a listen. I love Corks. Red FM. I love Corks, Red FM, but who are they? Pick up the phone, 0818-104-106. We'll take five guesses this side of midday. We also have another fantastic um, giveaway with uh, Kiernan's Garden Centre. More Christmas trees to give away, and we will give them away to caller when I open the phone lines. Not yet. Caller tree and caller thirty tree. Courtesy of ourselves in Kiernan's Garden Centre.com. They're at a Douglas Court shopping centre. They've got the noble fir Christmas trees in all sizes, the best of them. So we have two of those to do between now and midday today when I open those phone lines for caller tree and caller thirty tree. And also, if that wasn't enough, tickets for the panto all to come. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818-104-106. All right, we're in week four. <laughs> 10,000 euro worth of week four. Have a listen. I love Cork's Red FM. All five in the correct order, please. Neil's five-star giveaway. With Sound Store celebrating the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park, Middleton. And straight to the phone lines we go. Emma is in Ballady Hob. Emma, good morning. Morning, how are you? Over to you. Ten grand, five voices. What do you think? Um, Tom Cruise, Angela Lansbury, Ryan Reynolds, Laura Whitmore and Niall Horn. Hang on a second. Something amazing just happened here. Give me those again. Tom Cruise, Angela Lansbury, Ryan Reynolds, Laura Whitmore and Niall Horn. I have to tell you, you have just managed to get one new voice correct. How do you feel about that? That's brilliant. One new voice identified. Doesn't mean that you win 10 grand. Oh, no. You need to give me all five for that. But you have identified a fourth voice correctly. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. Isn't Thank it? Thank you. Now, there's a hundred... I can't believe it. Well done. I mean, I can't tell you which one or anything like that, but you've identified a fourth, which gets you a 100 euro voucher for the identification of an extra voice. If you were to get the last one, I'd be giving you 10 grand. So you need to keep keep trying. You need to keep calling. Keep trying. I will. Have you known that voice for a while? No, actually, it was just a guess. I had like other names and they were guests before. So I was like, I'll just try two new ones and... Well, we now have only one voice left to be identified. Well done to you, Emma and Ballady Hob. Hey, thank you so much. 100 euro. Do come back, try again. I think you might have the gift. Will, you have the gift. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> Cheers. Take care. Very okay, good, so thank you. one voice remains. Andrew. Hi, Neil. How are you doing? All right. What do you think? Um, I'll have to reach you and take one of those guesses. But have we got Tom Cruise, Angela Lansbury? Bono, Laura Whitmore, and Nighthorn. <sighs> Lay that on me again before I have a heart attack. <laughs> Tom Cruise, based on what that lady just said. Angela Lansbury, Bono, I think it's Bono, Laura Whitmore, and Nighthorn. Do you want to change your mind on any of those? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know, or you don't know? Are you telling me I should? It ain't up to me, baby. You're saying then, for the final time, 
Tom Cruise, Angela Lansbury, Bono, Laura Whitmore, and Niall Horan. Yeah, I think so. Are you going to stick to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well done, my man. What? Yeah, would you believe it? <laughs> yeah. I told her I was going to win and my first great in fact keep on her so I, I, I feel bad for that lady <laughs> look you didn't say Packy Bonner you said Bono instead I'm just the I can't believe it you're having me on no I wouldn't joke about something as serious as this I would not joke about 10 grand to pretend to let you win it that would be cruel <laughs> I'll have to give something to that lady that's not right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you want to share a little bit of the prize with Emma because she got you, Tom Cruise. But then you swooped in and just hoovered up the entire prize with Bono. Well done, 10,000 euro. What are you going to do with it? Oh, there's, there's a family there and brothers and sisters and the, the, Denise so um, I'm sure they'll be all looking for something after that oh my, god. oh my god you just want to hoover is it? <laughs> I love it all right. I knew it was Bono I rang a couple of days ago I just knew it was Bono and I couldn't get one and I thought it was Packy Bonner oh my god well think about this if you had got on ahead of Emma and identified Bono as voice number three she'd have come on after you and identified Tom Cruise as voice number one and she'd have won so you kind of helped each other yeah I think so <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't believe it <laughs> I actually, I guess, I thought Ryan Reynolds was guest before I listened regularly enough. So, uh, you left him out of it. You left him. You got it right, man. You got it right. With the help of Emma and Ballady Hobb, I can't split the price, obviously. That's what you, if you want to help Emma out, that's your own business. But it sounds to me as if you're in generous mood. All you want is, um, what is it, like a Robovac or a Dyson or a Shark or something? <laughs> Yeah, a, a robot, preferably. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, but they only cost about 250 bucks. You get 975, 9,750 to spend. <laughs> well, unreal. Well done. Uh, okay. Where in Cove are you, Andrew? Um, I'm up near the old golf club. Well, you don't have far to go from Cove to Middleton to spend the dosh at Soundstore. I'm delighted for you. And it's lovely the way it worked out, Emma helping you. It could have been the other way around and you'd have got 100 and she'd have got 10 grand. She'll hate me for saying that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to be careful what I commit to. Uh, I, I, I talk to the family. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. He's having second thoughts. All right, okay. It's yours. Listen, thank you for listening. Thank you for continually trying to get through. You eventually did and you won 10,000 euro to spend in Soundstore. Delighted for you, pal. On the ball. Sound. Well done. Take care of yourself. Uh, what's your second name, incidentally? No, he's all gone. Okay, Andrew in Cove. Wow. Well, you never expect it to happen, but when it does then, you're caught by surprise. You're kind of thinking, oh my God, he's done it. All five in the correct order. It was Tom Cruise, Angela Lansbury, Bono, Laura Whitmore, and Niall Horan. The middle of week four. Thank you so much to Soundstore for that. It always works. It's great fun. As time goes on, it gets better and better. So hopefully maybe sometime in the new year, we'll do another one of our Neil's five stars. But that's it. Um, I feel, I feel deli- I'm really happy for Andrew, but it's kind of sad as well at the same time for Emma. Because if the calls were the other way around because they helped each other on this. She'd have won the 10 grand and he'd have got 100. But that's life, I suppose. Well done to Andrew 
and all of the family. Lines are open now. Caller 3 and caller 33, Kiernan's Garden Centre.ie, the Down at Douglas Court Shopping Centre. We have two Christmas trees to give away. Scoop on yourself. Caller 3 and caller 33. And when that's done, then we will flip to Panto Passes, a family pass for four people for Thursday, the 20th of December's showing. Sorry, it's Tuesday, December 20th of the Sketchers Cork Opera House Panto, Panto Sleeping Beauty. So get down in for those as well. 0818-104-106. My sincerest apologies to anybody that was on hold. I spent a lot more time on our five-star giveaway because we had a winner. Uh, So I'll get back to calls, texts and emails in the morning. There were two people standing by. My apologies. I hope they can talk to me uh, first thing. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.